Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Here we are again for Growing in Grace, the podcast with the cap. I'm Mike Kapler, the Breeze Man, Joel Brzezinski, right over there on the other side. And we're glad that you have joined us yet once again as we try to just make life a little bit easier for you here with <laughs> with Growing in Grace. How's it going, Joel? Yes, yeah, going really well over here. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and yet there are many uh, in the church today who are carrying heavy loads and heavy burdens, all in the name of Jesus, all in the name of Christianity. And uh, we are here to hopefully lighten the load, help you to lighten the load. Jesus said that you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, is that your experience in your Christian life, being free, being not heavy laden, you know, having rest? Well, if that's not your experience, if rest, and, and, you know, of course, this life does throw many things at us. Of course, we have stuff coming at us from the left and the right and up and down and everywhere. There's stuff that comes at us in this life. But he said that even so, you know, be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. But we're talking about religion and legalism. You can be free from all of that and rest in your relationship with Christ. So hopefully that's your experience. And again, if not, keep on listening. We're going to try to to help with that. We will. And uh, recently the subject has come up, and it's been a little while since we really spent uh, a significant amount of time on, on this subject, although we've We've been around the subject a little bit during the Sermon on the Mount, but the subject is the Lord's Prayer, as it's referred to, from Matthew 6 in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. It's also found in Luke, but we'll largely probably be using Matthew as, as the text here. But this is one of those things, Joel, that <laughs> religion has embraced in a way that perhaps has been completely misunderstood. There are some things we're going to say here, and I want you to stick with us, hopefully. This, this, I don't know if this will take several programs. I, I have no idea. But I hope you'll stick with us because there, there's some real context here, and there's some great stuff for us to bring out uh, in relation to the Lord's Prayer. For example, you're, you're going to hear us say something like, this was not a prayer for believers in the New Covenant. It was an Old Covenant prayer meant for those to whom Jesus was speaking to at the time, Jewish people stuck in the first covenant with the law and the commandments. But that doesn't mean that we can't learn from this prayer that, that Jesus gave, but it, it's really not meant for us. And, and, and so we're, we're going to get into some of this here, perhaps over the next several programs. Uh, I think maybe some context, Joel, just to get the ball rolling here, this, maybe you can call it the snowball. <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot of snow out there. It might get pretty big. <laughs> but um, I think maybe a, a place to get started with just, just a little bit of context. Just keeping in mind, the Sermon on the Mount was three chapters long, pretty much, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And throughout Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is hammering the law to these Jewish people in that first covenant, he was showing them their inability to keep it. And he summarized it at the end of the fifth chapter of Matthew. Everything that he had said in that chapter, 
And there was some heavy stuff there, some disappointing stuff for the Israelites to hear, frankly. But he summed it up with, you shall be perfect. That was the requirement. If you're going to uh, attain to righteousness through the works of the law and commandments, you need to be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Was that good news for the hearers? Of course it wasn't. Who, who, <laughs> could, who could meet that standard? Well, of course, only Jesus could. And so the prayer comes just shortly after that within the same sermon. So I'm just, I'm just kind of laying a little groundwork here. Yeah, that is good. The context is needed because if we just jump into this and say, this was not a new covenant prayer, this is, well, it's, you know, because people think, well, it's the words of Jesus. And so aren't the words of Jesus words that we're supposed to follow? If he said it, you know, Jesus is our Savior, he's our Lord. Aren't these words that we're supposed to follow? And so I think it is good to lay this you know, little bit of groundwork. Now, of course, in the past on our podcast, we've spent a lot more time on on things other than the Lord's Prayer, talking about the words of Jesus. Uh, I recommend, if you want to, about a year ago, maybe just a little bit less than a year ago, we did a series called Why Jesus Taught Two Covenants. And you'll hear a lot of that. So go to the growing go to the growing website and search for why Jesus taught two covenants. You'll find our twenty part series on that, and that will give you a, a whole lot more context than what we'll give you today. Uh, but that, I'd, I'd really recommend doing that because there is so much that Jesus said. He was, as as Paul said, Jesus was born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. That's a verse that I used to glance over because I really didn't get it, but then I realized and I understood that Jesus, at first, he came with a ministry to those who were under the law. He was a Jew, and he taught Jewish stuff, the Old Covenant, to those who were under the law, and that's what he was doing. Now, the reason for all this, the purpose of the law, was to stop mouths and to make all the world guilty before God, that's Romans 3.19. The purpose of the law, according to 2 Corinthians 3, it's the ministry of death, and it's the ministry of condemnation. It's the ministry of bondage, according to Galatians. But the reason for that was to point people away from self-righteousness, away from trying to attain righteousness by what they do, and to point people towards faith in God, towards faith in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus came teaching the old covenant for exactly the reason that it was meant to be, that it was meant for. He came to stop people's mouths. He came to show people how, just how guilty they were if they're really going to try to do this thing. Like you were saying, Cap, the standard was perfection. The standard was perfect righteousness. And if you can't do that, you're out. And so He's laying all this stuff down in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, really highlighting and magnifying the law, teaching these people who are under the law that if they really think that they can follow this stuff, then what they end up with is their mouth stopped. I, I, I can't do that. You know, righteousness that's greater than that of the scribes and Pharisees? Perfection? I just can't do it. And so that's some of the context that leads up to what he's saying in Romans in, in uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and especially here, of course, in uh, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Yeah, I mean, the, the law was never really meant to reduce sin. It, it actually 
caused sin to increase. And so their boasting days were over as their mouths were closed, uh, quite different from many who uh, tried to abide in the works of the law, and they would brag about it. They would give it their best shot. Uh, well, their boasting days were over, and that's what Jesus was on the scene to let them know. He had just communicated to these Jewish people under the law and under the Old Covenant that they could not attain to righteousness. It was out of their reach. Outside of perfection meant righteousness could not belong to them based on their own efforts. Of course, now we know in the New Covenant, righteousness, that that is the righteousness of God, is something that's gifted to us because of the work of Christ, not because of our ability to attain some sort of level of good works. So that's that's good news from the gospel. So we get into Matthew 6, and we find where, where Jesus continues uh, with the same sermon as what we were just talking about. But he's, he's going on here a little bit. And uh, let, let me just jump in here somewhere, Joel. How much time do we have left anyway? About, uh, about four minutes on this Okay, one. I just want to know how far I can get in here before we get cut off. Okay, Matthew 6, verse 7 and 8. Yeah, we get a and hard when, break coming up in four minutes. <laughs> That's radio talk for you. A hard break. Yeah, you've been watching too much cable TV. Uh, when you are praying, do not use, and I'm going from the NASB here, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard from their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need, before you ask him. So this is one of those, Joel, where religion has really skipped over this, um, avoiding meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. Another translation says empty phrases. You'll find some different things there. But um, and, and so you can almost, I don't know how many Seinfeld fans there are out there, Joel, <laughs> but what this reminds me of is a Seinfeld. And, and that's where George Costanza, who is balding, uh, was going to uh, put on a toupee, make it look like he had hair, and he was going to end up getting set up with a woman who, ironically, was bald and also wore a toupee. Well, when he found this out, he wasn't too crazy about her. So Elaine comes over to George and says, do you see the irony here? And he says, what do you mean? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to date a bald woman. And she says, well, and she puts her hands around her mouth, cups her hands around her mouth and says, you're bald. <laughs> well, with this Gentile thing, Jesus said to the Jews, don't be like the Gentiles repeating prayers over and over again. They think they'll be heard because of that. So for those of you listening who haven't been born of the Jewish race, I'm going to cut my hands around my mouth right now, and I'm going to say, you're a Gentile. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> who do we... Who do we think Jesus is talking to here? It's not us. He's telling them, don't be like the Gentiles. He did that back in the previous chapter, too. So what is it we Gentiles have done with this prayer in the Christian church world? We repeat it over and over <laughs> and over again, and we keep repeating it, and we sound like monotone robots when we do it because there's no, there's no life in just reading a script when you're communicating with somebody. So, yeah, this is what we've done. We repeat the prayer over and over and over again. So we Gentiles today, we're doing the same thing Gentiles did back then, and it's the very thing Jesus said not to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Must be something in the water, because you're the second person that's used the Seinfeld uh, thing for me today. <laughs> in, in <laughs> an example from Seinfeld. Don't have time to get into that other one, but 
It was funny. But uh, as, as we wrap up, and yes, uh, next week we'll get more into uh, this as we lay this foundation this week on leading up to the Lord's Prayer. But just before what you were reading there, something I noticed here, Matthew 6, verse 5, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they had their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And then he gets into this, you know, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And yet, like you say, we're here repeating this thing in churches week after week after week, when he had just got done saying, go and pray this thing in private. (laughs) But still, your point is even bigger than my point, is that this wasn't even for us. People say, the Lord taught us to pray, saying, and then everybody repeats, our Father who art in heaven. No, the Lord did not teach us, Gentiles, to pray this. This was indeed something that he was teaching his fellow Jews to pray, and it had a specific purpose And there was a time during which this was their prayer. We'll get more into that and some other things about the Lord's Prayer next week, right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.